Sure. So this is hard because like in a Catholic context, you talk about like the primacy of conscience and people cited that a lot in like the 2016 election where like, I'm going to vote for Hillary because da, 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 primacy of conscience. Um, and it, people would just throw that around or I'm, you know, uh, going to change the liturgy or I'm going to, you know, do all these different types of things. So Catholicism strikes this beautiful and perfect balance where there's like corporate responsibility, like the body of Christ, you know, has authority and hands things down throughout time, you know, but then there's also individual responsibility. Like we have to choose, even though I'm a member of that body, I still have to choose to assent to the, the good and the right and the just and the true and all of those things. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that brings all the boys to the yard. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I like that. I'm glad that you liked my joke. <laughs> you made it, and I had to take it. Uh, it was so good. I was what is this podcast, it. Patrick? You gotta tell people what the podcast oh, is. This is The Crunch. We are two guys on a mission to find out if Catholics can be funny, and it's taken us seven years. We'll get back to you. You can't institute. You can't institute a new opening line and then forget it three weeks in. Are you kidding me? That's totally on brand for us. That's true. Why are That's... we such? <laughs> not we're not failures. No, we are. We're not bad at look. We're not bad at podcasting. The audience people... that listens to us loves us. People have called like, us we... the 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 Lusitania of podcasts. You know? Yeah. Who? You know, when in, is, is that the point you were trying to make? No, when Germany kind of was blowing up American ships, the Lusitania. I have the you Luftwaffe? No, 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 no. Have you have you read a book? I have, but I haven't gotten to that part of being a dad where I read about World War II. Oh, you probably listened to it on an audiobook and then forgot about the information because it's a fake way to read. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, go on. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's hard to be. Do you ever walk around and you see people with AirPods in and you're like, I bet they're listening yeah. to audiobooks. Um, and then you're like, hmm, all of those people shouldn't be allowed to vote. Do you ever, <laughs> do you ever think no, that? You got to listen to an audiobook while you read. Yeah. Retain, you retain information faster. I, yeah, I've we, heard that. I've heard that. My friend, when we were in school, we had we were part of the Center for Leadership, and they all they they mailed us. I know that they sounds like a fascist before. fascist group for kids. It's a, we were on the we were in the uh, the 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 safety committee, the public mm -hmm. safety committee. Right. Um, they mailed us seven habits of highly effective people before school started, and mm -hmm. my friend Evan thought that we were. I think it was Evan thought that we had to read the book before the first day of school. Okay. And so he said that he was sat in the back of his parents' car and listened to the audiobook while he read the book. He listened to the audiobook at three times speed and read it <laughs> alongside so he could finish it before. I'm like, man, I bet you didn't retain anything. Just yeah. absolutely nothing. I did that when I got hired on at Focus. I worked we were supposed to read The God Ask by Steve Shadrach. Yeah. And it, there was like, you have to have all this done by the first time you touch it, you know, all these things. And I hadn't read the book. 
And so I was doing the exact same thing on an 18 hour drive from Kansas to Florida, 4X speed on the Audible app reading. And I wasn't even reading the book. I was like falling asleep to it. And I was like, yeah, it's probably good enough. And then I show up and like my teammate that year, Alexander, who I've told stories about on the podcast before, he didn't even have like, we were supposed to have all the software downloaded. We were supposed to have all these courses done. <laughs> I like asked yeah. him like, oh, do you have, you know, TNT on your computer? And he was like, what? Like he didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> he did fine. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe I was still a 22 year old or 21 year old that was still thinking like, oh, when someone says you have to do something that you actually do. You it's just like, do, yeah. there's just, it's just so rare that that's true. You know? Yeah, I know. Like the you can, you can, do, you can dodge the draft. You can, you don't have to answer emails at the date that they say you don't have to show nope. up to meetings. Like nobody, oh, yeah. nobody knows this. You know, I, I learned I learned this when when I um, when someone told me, hey, like, take what the actual deadline is and subtract a couple of days. And I said, hey, that sounds like something that could get out of hand <laughs> because they they know that the deadline because you take things past the deadline. Mm -hmm. If they show up late, then they've learned the mm -hmm. wrong thing, the wrong lesson. Yeah, that's that true. they that deadlines don't matter. Yeah, but what can you do? We've already started it, you know? Yeah. People it's weird. learn this lesson in college. It's weird to think like even in, even in the most dire of situations, you know, deadlines, like <laughs> there, there is nothing that can't be done tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from like, why do today? Yes. What can be done? Yeah. Tomorrow. Ask not what you can do for your country today. Ask what you can do for your country later. You know, later, then some other time. Later, I'm, I'm, time. I'm being facetious, but I'm also saying like, oh, an engineering product. We, we, we got to finish. You know, the designs for this building, or else, or else what? The company's gonna get billed. You know, lawyers are gonna argue. Yeah. Everyone's gonna kind of keep still have work. You know, you might get fired. You probably won't though. You know what I mean? Like, it just is. I don't know, man. It all no, feels it's fake. crazy though. Some some people love and and they get so like ticked about deadlines. They just get wired. Like I had a boss once, who um, our accountant. So the the company like, whatever. I've worked at three places. You can probably gather where this was. Yeah. But um, the church owned a lot of uh, properties, and like the Monopoly man. Yeah. So sometimes people will like just leave property to churches and mm -hmm. so they own them like a landlord or whatever and so we were the landlord of this property this like mm -hmm. commercial building this happens and a lot we had not paid the property taxes on the um on the property because it had gone to a bunch of different like it was a bunch it was it was a it was a consolidation of churches so the mail went to one church and it didn't you know it didn't go to the main office and so the accountant mm -hmm. missed it oh. and we got like a 200 dollars penalty which is like for a church jump change it's a tuesday like not even yeah. that's like yeah. lunch for the staff yeah know? right and um my accountant got her her ass handed to her because she really she, she made she was like you missed the deadline and it's like yeah but the deadline wasn't real all we got was a slap on the wrist and we got the penalty waived so, I was i was listening to an old episode of the yard podcast and slime was talking about he moved to la and he like went to a laundromat or something or no, he was trying to like rent an apartment 
and uh he was like trying to get this apartment instead of someone else he had some money saved up so he was like hey can i pay you know two months in advance all these things um and this eastern european landlord was like he taught him a lesson and he said if you can solve a problem with money you don't have a real problem and i thought that was oh, that was pretty insightful you know because it's like yeah if you can just pay to get out of it you don't have a problem this is why when the prophet jay-z said more money more problems i think he was lying to us he was trying to keep us out of the game you know he was trying to keep it all to himself if he thought more money more problems why did he marry beyonce who had think, more I money i think it was jay-z that said more money more problems my my um my knowledge of urban culture is fairly limited no, no, no. Jay-Z said 99 problems. Oh, excuse me. Puff Daddy. <laughs> Gosh, I hate it. There's some moments where my whiteness is revealed to me, like the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the way as, you said Puff Daddy was... As no fuller on earth anyway. could have bleached him, you know? <laughs> um, I, uh, does oh, God, you does said. God ever open the clouds and just? Yeah, this, I. This is how I we know that Jesus this, was white. Everyone said he's black, but no, it says very clearly on the as, Transfiguration that Jesus was dazzlingly, was dazzling. was dazzlingly white. white. It, I, I say this to I it's say this to all boys. my all the I used to say this to teens all the time in graduation speeches. I mm-hmm. in my time as a youth minister and beyond, I've been asked to give several baccalaureate addresses. Okay. You have not I, like real yes. ones? No, like, seriously. Yeah. At high school, like at the actual at the yeah, function. At the high school baccalaureate. Yeah, at the function. So when you say baccal- me when there's me when there's speeches <laughs> at the function. <laughs> it's the monkey going Go like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you say baccalaureate. Yeah. Just so that everyone else knows, because baccalaureate is the is the fake graduation that happens before the graduation in a church. You're telling me the baccalaureate ain't the same as the matriculation. What? <laughs> so baccalaureate is something that just takes place in a church, and they invite all of the pastors from the area. I thought I got to give a little speech when I graduated. I thought I got a baccalaureate. It's a bachelor's degree, but what is it? mean like someone called me a baccalaureate like or maybe i got invited to a baccalaureate party and i didn't want to go because there was there were a lot of nude people i think that sounds like a bachelor's party i think i'm thinking of a bacchanal yeah that might be what you're thinking of Hmm. bacchus so a baccalaureate a a baccalaureate a baccalaureate a baccalaureate (laughs) is just saying they invite they invite all the all the pastors um, from the area to do it, and since the Protestant pastors really don't have much to do, they go, and the priests don't because they have like sacraments to. Or they got stuff to do. They got stuff to do, and so they send me, and uh, mm. so I would I would give a speech to the baccalaureate, and every every speech I would start with congratulations and getting through the easiest part of your life. Yeah, all the yeah, adults yeah. think all the adults think that their lives are the hardest part of your life, but all of the adult problems, all adult problems can just be solved with making more money. Yes. So, we've talked about this, I think. Yeah. Yes. Today we talked about it. I, well, I think I've heard you tell that story before, but maybe it bears repeating. It does. Just bear remember, repeating. make more money and you won't have any problems. Bear caloriate. Bear caloriate. A bunch of bears I, gather in a church to hear Patrick give a speech. You mentioned something that I want to go back to. I love circling back. Tell me what it is that I said. You mentioned that we are the podcast that brings all the boys to the yard, much like the Lusitania. 
which brought all of the boys to Europe in 1939 or whatever. So we were on the phone today. Okay. If you recall. Okay. And the reason why I said that joke to you was because of what I said on the phone. So I was on the phone. I was oh. going to get lunch. I was going to Wawa. <laughs> I was going to Wawa to get my favorite sandwich, an Italian sandwich with sweet peppers and pickles. No, you it. distinctly Guys. called it a hoagie. Don't lie to them. Don't try to whitewash it's your sandwich. It's called a hoagie. It's called a hoagie. Yeah, people. But also I discovered, I discovered that the junior hoagie is the perfect size hoagie. Anything longer is just, it's just gratuitous. A anyway, junior so... Hogarth. A junior. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, more more so, little more little little kids need to be named Hogarth. I think <laughs> I had a friend named his last name was Hogarth. There's you got Hogarth from the Iron Giant, and he's struggling. You know what's he up mm-hmm. to now? You got Hogarth, Hoagie P Gilligan from uh, Codename Kids Next Door. But outside of those two mfers. There's no Hogarths anywhere. Like, I've never met an adult named Hogarth. Sorry, wait. Is number two's name Hoagie? Yeah. Oh. Dude, you loved Codename Kids Next Door. Didn't I didn't you? love it. I just think I was I respected the amount of lore that went into that television program. I, I started watching a YouTube video that was like, here's all the lore behind Codename Kids Next Door. And it's I was extensive. like. It's extensive. I, I watched the first five minutes and I was like, I'm already lost. I'm done. I can't. How can you this. be lost? It's a kid's show about kids fighting adults. It was adults. so confusing it was so confusing anyway so i was getting a anyway i'm kidding i was getting they're a metaphor for satan and (laughs) i was junior i was they're they're the children of satan i i was getting a junior hogarth from wawa and uh i went i was walking inside and a woman was outside now it's a gas station right and there's like seating outside and like there were a lot of people sitting outside and the kind of people that are sitting outside of a gas station at mm-hmm. a, at 1:30 in the afternoon on a mm-hmm. work day mm-hmm. don't have a lot going on let's homeless. say in their lives not necessarily perhaps sometimes sometimes homeless anyway so <laughs> this woman was almost certainly either intoxicated or blasted or just like sunbaked she was either like she was either drunk or high or just delirious blasted and i don't know or she was just having a really bad day and she was being kind of clumsy because i walk up and there's just a large strawberry milkshake half on the ground Mm. and i step around it okay and she picks it up to bring it inside Mm -hmm. she's like oh gosh oh gosh oh no oh goodness and she's carrying it and a bunch of other things. Uh-huh. And I'm on the phone with you talking yeah. business. We're talking you know, making, business. Yeah. Making deals. We're, we're, making, we're making deals. And she drops the milkshake <laughs> again inside the Wawa. <laughs> and it goes all over me. And I go, oh. I got milkshake. <laughs> and Ethan thinks <laughs> that <laughs> that means... That I got flashed, <laughs> which if I had gotten flashed, you just you just said would... it with the regretful air of a man who's just seen a pair of breasts that he didn't want to see. You know, that's what the, that's the tone that I picked up over the phone. No, no. I got because if someone with if someone splashed me with milk, I was like, oh, I just oh, milkshake just got all over me. That's what I would say. And then if a woman, you know, 
flash me, I would say, oh, I just got milkshaked, which is how you said it to me. <laughs> I'm, you know, I think, I'm a married man. I don't want to no, see you and anything I are like the, that. You and I are the exact opposite. If I if someone flashed me, I go, ah, oh, gosh, no, I just got flashed. Oh, it's disgusting. You would and scream. if someone splashed milkshake on me, I would go, oh, man, I got milkshake on me. You would scream <laughs> in the Wawa as a woman is flashing you, oh, I just got milkshaked. Everyone looks over at you. Oh, disgusting. It is disgusting. This is all oh, gross. Man. This is all gross. We're two married men <laughs> objectifying women, and we need to apologize. I'm not objectifying anyone. I recognize that her we, breasts are attached we... to a person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We are referring to the life-giving instrument, the food production zone. <laughs> There's no good way to talk about. I've decided this. There's no good way to talk about the breast as a guy. Do you remember? Everyone forgets this. I don't know how he made everyone forget this, but do you remember when Taylor Marshall talked about that vision he had of a woman of the church as like a woman? He had like a really vivid. He was he was sitting in his office. No, he was sitting in his car. Okay. Just I don't have any Apple headphones. But he had wired Apple headphones and it was hanging down and he's wearing a full suit and he's in his car and he's just talking uh-huh. about a vision. You're not going to be able to find it. He I'm looking at it. Taylor Marshall boob vision just to see what. It's a, it's just a vision of like a woman's breast. And okay, here all we go. I can... Ready? I'm going to read it to you. Wait, you, you found it? Yeah. Uh, he says something engorged was the word. Yeah, I remember it being like really uncomfortable. And I noticed I that her, her breasts were engorged with milk, tons of milk, and there were babies and children crying out to her that were hungry. Taylor, and she was writhing in pain. She was in a bed. There were sheets on her, and she was very sick. Uh, then I thought to myself, oh, she's poisoned. She doesn't want to nurse the children because then she'll give them the poison. And there was this voice. It was like God or an angel. I don't know. And it said, no, the milk is still pure. <laughs> uh, and it's just like about the mother church and that there's yeah, poison, it's an analogy. but it's not. It's, it's an, an analogy. analogy that, it's an analogy that he came up with and is talking about. Yeah. Or it was a vision. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. You can you can see like a like a Vietnamese restaurant in the background. He's in like a strip mall. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, um oh you were gonna talk, we were saying something. You're talking about Taylor Marshall. Oh, anyway. I've every time, every time I, I when I saw that, the only thing I could think of was um uh nursing giant. Oh man. What do you say? You gotta you gotta tell me you gotta can't you can't stop talking. Playground. Well you're there, telling the story. This, there, there's this there's this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where it was, but it was like a giant woman and it was a <laughs> playground and kids could like run around on top of it and it was big enough for a kid to go. This is just this is just your experience when you were five and I've seen this. Big, I've seen a, no, a it was like lady a giant woman over. and it was a giant woman. The woman's a statue? Could, like, what is what is the woman? Explain the woman. The woman is giant and laying down, and it's like it gives birth. And it like this is like at the run playground? around. Yeah. It was a it was a, a giant giving giant giving birth. Oh. Giant puppet giving birth. Ah, I found it. Uh s- Melbourne's creepy giant puppet puppets reenact childbirth. A Melbourne group created a 26.5 meter. I don't know what that means. Uh, monstrous puppet for a live art installation. Oh, 
<coughs> and that was don't what look was this in my up, head. People, don't that was what up. was in my head. Holy crap! This is disgusting. It's, it's really gro- gross. It's grotesque. It's, it's really like gross. it's like now having a child and seeing my wife, you know, like nurse him and take care of him and all these things, and then seeing like all the ways that it's depicted in art is like this grotesque thing. It's like this beautiful, tender, you know, wonderful part of life, and it's just. Man, people are messed up. I think so. One person that does a good job, Owen Cyclops, who gets to the show, yeah. he oftentimes will make uh, cartoons about babies having visions of the breast. And it's very funny. Like he drew one of his son, like in an anime <laughs> intro where like the boob is at the top of this like pyramid and he was like going after it. It's like an anime <laughs> character. It was really, and his, it's like, and then it goes over to the other panel. It's his wife saying, "Like, why did you draw that?" <laughs> She's like, "This is disgusting." They <laughs> uh, <laughs> think he does a good job. Or this is one of like a baby with like a beard that's really old at uh, daycare, and he just—it's a text <laughs> bubble, and it just has a boob right there. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah. It, it, Phoebe is is thinking about going on a trip to. Uh, to Covecrest. Covecrest is having a women's retreat. Oh. And her her and uh her and her new her new mom friend. Mm-hmm. Her mom friend. Uh they're considering going um to the retreat. And she was like, I don't know. Like Leo's never been without me for that long. And like, you know, he nurses and like he might want to nurse. And I was like, Phoebe, I have here's my inclination. I don't think he will know what he wants unless you're right there. Yeah. You know, he'll be like, oh, man, I kind of want to nurse. And like the 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 desire will be there. The way to fulfill that desire will not be there. And so he will simply move on to chewing his feet or something. Yeah. Children live in That's a very my... imminent reality. You know, yeah, it's just they don't... whatever is here is here. And that's it. There's not much beyond. That's how it worked. That's how it worked when when he was young. Like when he was really, really still young. When he was little, he's still little. When he was an infant, he's he's still a baby. He's still when he was like when he was when he was like three months old or whatever. It was mm-hmm. it was you know he would not cry with me because you know right. I wouldn't, I, what do you have? Yeah, I have nothing. But then he figured out that dad gives me to mom. Ah, dangerous. And right. so then he was like, give me to mom. So I stopped doing that. I would put him on the ground and Phoebe would pick him up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, so. So that's good. I, we've, we've effectively alienated our entire female audience with this. It's one, okay. We're 50, 50 now. So we can afford to lose them. Can we? No, I don't think. No guys don't tell guys about other podcasts unless it's like an entrepreneurship podcast. Guys don't tell guys about I, I tell you about podcasts that I like. That's fair. Twice. I've done that twice twice you've done that and i've listened to both of them yeah and you've enjoyed them dare i say yes yeah. so i don't listen to the yard much anymore i just can't get into it yeah it's tough if you don't like it <laughs> i just am uh i just don't have much time for entertainment anymore really oh yeah <laughs> um i guess i'm just really i'm too busy getting my baccalaureate degree I'm too busy getting my baccalaureate degree and going to get junior hoagies at wawa uh, if you want to engage in some fun, lighthearted conversation like this, make sure that you're in our Discord, bit.ly slash crunch discord. We always talk about this kind of stuff over there. I post fun memes about Joe Biden. Oh yeah. And about his how he needs to wake up. 
Uh, so if you want to <laughs> see what that's about, bit.ly slash crush discord. But you were going to say something, Patrick. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to transition to uh, a video that I saw that I wanted to talk about. I'm ready. Did you see the video about the kid in the school with the backpack? Oh, I did see this. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this. Sounds like, it sounds like you were solving a clue mystery. <laughs> the kid in the school the kid in with the, the backpack with the backpack. killed Mr. Tudor. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't watch the whole thing. Did you watch the whole thing? I didn't. I cringed too much. Really? What are your thoughts on this situation? Uh, Wait, let's let's tell people about the situation yeah, yeah, yeah. before we if go. If you don't know, it. if you don't know about stuff, um, so this is really funny because Emma and I have been talking about uh, how she just doesn't know anything, not because she's not intelligent or she doesn't can't handle it or doesn't care, but she's just when women have children, they just kind of their whole life is really just mom like, content yeah. and like yeah. kid and like other moms, yeah. and that's really it. And then, so basically my job as a husband is not only to provide, but to like be the great filter of like what Uh comes into the home and like what she gets to know about what she doesn't. Yeah. Like, (laughs) which is kind of, it's kind of scary because it's like, I could just forget to tell her about like an armed conflict and she just wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is really I I was like, I found out that there was a hurricane and I was like, I have to tell my wife. I should tell (laughs) me that a hurricane's coming. Like if I told, like Emma would have no idea. Like, oh yeah, we're supposed to have a tornado tomorrow. She'd be like, what? I don't, what do you mean? Um, We're supposed to have a tornado tomorrow. Anyway. Um, so it's currently saying that my CPU is maxed out. I don't quite know what that means. Well, just to, just to turn it down. Oh, huh? Just download more. Do you have any other apps open other than the ones that you're using? Um, I do have Fortnite playing in the background. That really might be part of it. No. Yeah. Just close everything except your browser and you'll be good to go. Okay. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Uh, I'll tell the people what's going on. So basically there's this kid who went to school and uh, he's 12. So it's like seventh, eighth grade. It's a middle school. And he has a, a patch on his backpack. He has multiple patches on his backpack actually. And I did see a St. Michael, the Archangel on there. So I think there is a Catholic kid, which is cool. Sure. Uh, but what the patch, it's the yellow flag, the Gadsden flag Gadsden that people say. Flag. It's the don't tread on me with the snake. No step on snake. No step on snake. You've seen this. It's meant to be like the Revolutionary War and like all the colonies are like we're like a bunch of pieces of a snake, which is kind of foreboding imagery for what America was to become if you think about it. But uh, The great dragon. Yeah, the great dragon that consumes, you know, the world ending fire. Anyway, so so he had the patch. And he got told to remove the patch because it was making some kids uncomfortable because of its racist connotations. And Which is... Yeah, dubious at best. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he's like, no, I'm not going to remove the patch. And then his parents were called into a meeting with the principal. And the principal was just like your average, what you'd expect like a public government employed bureaucrat to be like. And the kid was very smug and was like, I know more history than you. 
And then, and the parents like recorded the the meeting and it just kind of went, made the rounds and now everyone's like, oh, we support the kid, you know, like take, take down the school. Like don't kick him out of school because they were trying to suspend him for not wearing, but he was like, there's, there's rainbow flags. And so why can they do the rainbow flags? But I can't do the, anyway, it was one of those. So it was cool. It was interesting to see a kid like stand up to the principal. It's that, always fun that, to see people be wrong that I disagree with. But other than that, it was just yeah. like, so that's what happened. Just another thing. Yeah. Just another thing. Yeah. I I liked it. I liked the I liked the whole the thing. It, it was it was nice. It made my monkey brain feel good. It's mm-hmm. cut and dry. You know, it's like very yeah. obviously this kid is in the right. There's mm-hmm. you know, it's if it was if it was a Confederate flag, it would have been like understood. You know, it's like I I can understand why the teacher would be like, oh, sorry, that flag is against policy. But the fact that it's just the Gadsden flag, that's just a kind of a libertarian coded thing yeah just he's right why if you can have one flag why can't you have another and the re and the answer to that question because they're not going to be like oh yeah good point the answer to that question is that one flag is orthodox and the other one is not Mm. (laughs) that's the that's really the answer but what i wanted to talk about in not exactly the situation but the line that i watched up to was first of all the principal was it was very funny because she was trying to like get on the parents side and it was clear that the parent wasn't going for it. Mm-hmm. And she said, the Gadsden flag. And the principal's like, whatever it is, the don't tread on me flag. Yeah, that's the Gadsden flag. Okay, whatever it means. And it's very funny that she didn't understand that. Didn't know what the flag was. Oh, it's mm-hmm. racist. No, it isn't. It's the revolutionary flag they flew. Oh, I didn't know that. And then she just, she deflected to, I'm just, in, look, I'm just enforcing. I'm just enforcing a policy. A policy always a policy so that's what i wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about policy oh wow you don't want to talk about policy no it's just i'm already i can feel my blood boiling you know you're getting you're getting upset no i just hate policies <laughs> generally yeah you know what do you what, I, what are I your thoughts tell me that... what you want because i I'll, I'll provide the juice for you a lot of my a lot of my issues in the world mm-hmm. come from policies i'm just yeah just... if if they're if if the if the joke about the nazis is they were just following orders the right. joke about america will be they were just, just enforcing policy just fall, enforcing the policy it's just it's the policy it's it's the um the uh the out of not outside the planet um that hideous strength when they're uh-huh. talking about the um <clears throat> when they're talking about like the world ending bureaucratic system mm-hmm. the world ending organization the guy who's talking about it is like it's so great like there's 40 committees sitting all at once and they add the policy they create as they create it gets updated i told you about this mm-hmm. and it's so funny that c.s lewis saw that coming because it's definitely what it's become it's just policy and lawyers and committees deciding things that have no like they don't they don't live in a real world you know Yes, they don't live in in reality. It's there's no um, a principal can't see and and can't see like this kid is. He's obviously pilled, right? This mm-hmm. kid has found a a belief system of in being contrarian. So first of all, just don't push him, and he won't do anything because right. that's what he needs: is you to be an authority figure. It's the don't tread on me flag. Are you kidding me? You're going to tread on the kid with the don't tread on me flag. Get out right. of here. Right. Come on. What do you think he's going to do? 
What do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna love it. Um, obviously, this kid is already ostracized, right? Like, right. there were tweets that came out later that he's eating lunch by himself, and yeah, stuff like and that. it's like, just let him be. You know, let him feel like he's right. Just let him go about his day. Is anyone being harmed by this patch? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's policy. That's fine. You don't have to enforce every policy. In fact, you could make decisions. And it's so it's like we've talked about this before about I just I just don't understand. People are people think that the virtuous thing to do is to behave like the computer mm. and enforce the policy as it is written and the letter of the law right and yeah we don't we don't we don't have enough wisdom to apply the the law in the correct way at the correct time we fall back on this is what i'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. and so i'm just going to do it because it gives us some it gives us a kind of it gives us an out when we're wrong Mm mm-hmm because we don't have to face the fact that we're responsible for our actions. If, mm-hmm. if we're wrong, we can say, I was, I'm was. i just enforcing the policy. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm doing. I'm enforcing mm-hmm. the policy. Hmm. This, is, this is great. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'm excited. I'm happy. I, I'm trying to I like, didn't just want to talk about the controversial kid. No, because I don't really care about the kid. Um, conservative, a conservative dressed up kid with Gadsden flag... Yeah. Flag, with a backpack flag, that's way backpack. too big for his body like get that kid a small yeah. backpack please dime a dozen dime a dozen all right <laughs> we've all we, everyone wants to be ben shapiro these days um, <laughs> i think so there's a weird it's the struggle of what the individual's responsibility is sure. so this is hard because like in a catholic context you talk about like the primacy of conscience and people cited that a lot in like the 2016 election where like, I'm going to vote for Hillary because da, 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 primacy of conscience. Um, and it, people would just throw that around or I'm, you know, uh, going to change the liturgy or I'm going to, you know, do all these different types of things. So Catholicism strikes this beautiful and perfect balance where there's like, corporate responsibility like the body of christ you know has authority and hands things down throughout time you know but then there's also individual responsibility like we have to choose even though i'm a member of that body i still have to choose to assent to the the good and the right and the just and the true and all of those things so that's that's on the one side on the other side you have the the I don't know, the defining mainstream secular orthodoxy, which is whatever the policy that is made by the powers that be, that's, that's the, that's it. You know, like there's the, there is not like the authority is not organic. Well, because we've all, we've all democratically assented to them, you know? Right. Yeah. This is the will of the people, you know, it's the people versus. But it's not, it's not the will of the people at all. It's the, it's, it, I really don't know who the will, because there's this nebulous thing. Like we all kind of know what we're talking about, where it's like these policies at schools or like the things at the DMV or the tax code or um, zoning laws. Like all of these things are just kind of enshrined in like the fabric of what we do. And no one voted on them, you know, like no one, no one voted on the school policy that said that, you know, you can't have patches on your backpack, you know? 
So like this idea. Well, it was open to a vote, but it was at a school board meeting that was closed because of COVID. Right. <laughs> no so, one was virtual meeting, so they couldn't vote. But it's so the this is like the left's great weakness is that nobody has any individual autonomy to step outside of the of the orthodoxy, um, which is bad, right? But then. It, but it's also a great strength because it keeps everyone in line, right? It like is if you do step out, you're ostracized, you're done, you know. Like you can't, you can't be. This part is of it not. Anymore. This is not. Um, this is not new either. No. The 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 student orthodoxy, people on the right act like this is you know new, but mm -hmm. it's not. The stringent yeah. orthodoxy of revolutionaries is well documented. Um, that's. <laughs> In yeah. the French Revolution, they chopped off people's heads for being counter-revolutionary. In the Bolshevik Revolution, they did the same mm -hmm. thing. It's a stringent orthodoxy because there's this push of, in order to upset the old order, we all have to work in lockstep. We all have to be on the same page. And so if you're not with us, you're against mm -hmm. us, which is the opposite of what Jesus said. Right. Jesus said, if they're not with me, they're against me. If they're not against you, they're for you. Yes. So that's... It is anti-Christian in that regard. It is. And it's it's hard for, like, I'm trying to pull it's these. Problem, it's the problem that progressivism always had. Yes, I'm trying to pull these stories together. I think you said it really well. But I'm thinking about someone like St. Louis Martin, who even within the context of Catholicism, he, uh, like, at Mass, he would go to Mass, and, like, an altar boy would not ring the bells when he was supposed to. And Louis would go up and ring them for mm -hmm. him, you know, in the middle of Mass. And so it's like there's still room for this sort of like it's not that he was dissenting or anything, but like the saints would frequently like break outside of the norms, if that makes sense. Like Catherine of Siena telling the Pope what to do, you know, uh, yeah, like Jesus doing everything that he did. Right. He's the, the penultimate example, but then all the saints fall in his footsteps. And so. They would break a norm to, they would break a rule mm -hmm. to, Save to enforce a greater one. Right. They would break a rule to enforce a greater one. Like Louis de Montfort breaking out of, get like running, like breaking the rule of sit where you're supposed to, mm -hmm. to ring the bell, like the liturgical, the liturgical rule is there to honor Christ, which is higher than the social rule of don't run up and ring the bells for the altar. Right. Server. When you're not, you're meant you to know? be part of the congregation. You're not a part of the, you know, you're not up on this. You're not a part of the celebration. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Like, and, and then, you know, breaking the Catherine of Siena, breaking the rule of don't tell the Pope what to do mm -hmm. for the sake of, you know, reunifying the church and saying, go back to Rome, stop living in France, you silly goose. Yeah. And then, the, but the opposite of what the policy is like breaking the rule of caring for this child, mm -hmm. like the greater, the, the common good or the right. higher they good. They break the of, greater good for the lower good. good. Yeah, exactly. And that it's a, it's an it's an inverted hierarchy. Like the policy is a lower good. This policy mm -hmm. that was created by someone who's not there, who is just saying, you know, flags that are hate speech are mm -hmm. not are banned mm -hmm. or whatever the policy. Yeah. And and then you think about well, the well, the way that it gets distorted so with like weird. with like the riots in 2020, you know, it gets distorted because there is there's like a valid you know, outcry of like, okay, this guy was killed. Maybe he, he shouldn't have been killed in the way that he was right. George Floyd. But then mm -hmm. 
you know, the the response was, well, we're going to smash up buildings and steal things and light things on fire and take over parts of downtown Seattle for some reason. And uh, it it was it was a like there was a disproportionate response to that one thing in the name of not that 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 stuff is like policy, but it, at this point it kind of is, you know, like it's kind of known. Well, it is policy. It is policy. There are people like, who are getting there are people who are getting fired for intervening and in, <laughs> in shoplifting. Right. It is policy now. Right. Yeah. So Your policies. And the reason I say all this is it's kind of long winded. I apologize, but the on the right, at least on the like American conservative right, the people who and the right is really just anybody who opposes this orthodoxy that exists. It's not really like you like Trump or you don't like Trump or you're economically this way or not this way. It's like if you oppose the the dominant orthodoxy that we all know exists, then you're kind of on the yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but the problem with the right is that they have no – they're so opposed to the left-wing orthodoxy that there is no organization. There is no defining thing to adhere to, yeah. which – and this is like I think a symptom of like the Protestant heresy, which is like everyone is just so you know scattered and like doing their own sure. thing. Catholicism is unified, and so it like ought to be this framework by which we move towards the good, both publicly mm. and privately. Right? That's the beauty about the Catholic Church is that it's if you if you really believe in it, it'll be good for society and it'll be good for the domestic family, you know, and it's good mm. for the interior. You know, it's like yeah. all, all the levels. But like modern right wing opposition to orthodoxy is just like, yeah, we're not that. Oh yeah. And there's no organization at all. It's defined in opposition. Yeah. Right. Which is why, like, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, what happens if Trump gets put in jail in the middle of the election? Just like unfairly. Like, what if the left just puts him in jail, like locks him up? Hmm. There there would probably be like a January 6th-esque riot, but there, there's no organization. Nothing there's no would like, happen. Nothing right. Would happen, because yeah. there's no, because the left has monopolized this idea of like, policy and rigidity and like all of these things and so mm -hmm. people think that in order to not be that they have to not take any elements of that and there's uh, a very there's a very clear there's a very clear orthodoxy in the in the in the dnc that does mm -hmm. not exist in the rnc yeah partially because of the trump upset like yes. people like i i blinked and all of a sudden chris christie was anti-trump again i was like yeah oh, i know whack didn't see that coming whatever yeah. um and I thought he was like his, his best buddy, you know, mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. and then after he was anyway. But there's just there's no there's no organization there. And I, I think I think that's the, I think that's just a symptom of conservatism. It's just in this in this frame. It, and this is this is like this is Andrew Jones's whole thing where if you if you let the if you if you let if the church play because in the script of in the script of liberalism in the script of modernism mm -hmm. progress take a drink Pro progressivism <laughs> always wins and conservatism always loses like you've, you've seen that tweet that's like um just so you know that in history in all of history the conservatives are never the good guys and i was like damn you missed the day one of history class where they say history is written by the victors yeah holy cow that's like the that's main crazy. thing about history <laughs> that's the one thing everybody learns in history class like you know history is written by the victors and then we read a history book and from that's published in the best but new york times bestseller wow interesting 
this book is written by the oppressed. <laughs> I guess everyone that's dead was wrong. I guess everyone that's dead was wrong. Hmm. Anyway, in in this in this dichotomy, the conservative branch always loses, and the progressive branch always wins. That's mm-hmm. just the script. And so that's Andrew Jones' whole thing is like, if the church plays the conservative role, mm-hmm. it's always going to lose. To lose, if yeah. It plays it's going to lose the society. If it plays the the progressive role, it's going to lose itself. Mm-hmm. So it cannot exist in this in this paradigm. And that's just I see people on the internet. Mm. I see people in 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 real life even yeah. trying to dichotomize and put people in these boxes and put themselves on these sides because they 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 want to go progressive because they feel like that that makes them that makes them win. They they want to go conservative because they feel like they get to counter revolutionize. They get to like be go against the grain and. And yeah. both of them get to feel like they're going against the grain. They get to scratch that itch. Where in reality, they're both losing because one is losing this one is losing the scripted play that's happening. They don't realize it. And the other one is losing their souls. And so you gotta just be outside. You gotta get outside of it and just be based. And we understand really, that we, <laughs> we really are the don't tread on me snake. You know? We are but, don't tread on me, please. Don't tread. But like that kid, he's like, he was asking for it you know, in a way, like he was just waiting for the day. Like you can't be like, if you're paying attention in the way that I know this kid is, he knows what, how the school is run. He knows who's going to get defended and who's not, you know, by like the institution of the school. He's aware that he is on the quote unquote losing side. He wears the patch anyway. Why? Because it's it, you, there's a certain martyrdom effect that happens where it's like you get elevated by getting crushed. Um, The same, the exact same thing happens perceived or real on the left you know it's this idea of like we've been oppressed and like all these things you know and people are being racist to me they're being ableist to me they're being transphobic to me how reinvent the wheel as many times as you want but that's the fundamental thing that both the left and the right do this is so perfect right because christ cuts through all this with the cross you know it's like ah i just i just wish I don't know. There's a way. There's a way to go about all of this. There's a way to navigate all of this without constantly being like a victim, you know? Because it's just, and that sounds like a boomer, but the issue, the issue with it's like the the issue with with this kind of martyrdom is that you get to keep your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's not it's not truly martyrdom because yeah. in martyrdom you have to die it's something it's some like parody of martyrdom where mm-hmm. you know you get to you get to live the humiliation but through the humiliation you get like an elevated social status yeah the conservatives do this by letting themselves get attacked by the libs and liberals do this by going through the humiliation ritual and you know coming out of it um yeah and That's, it's dude, and it's, it's so like weird it's just the best I've, thing i've examined myself and i've learned and i'm growing mm-hmm the best thing that but, we can but, do. But martyrdom, you actually need to give it all. You can't right. get part. And if you if if you have anything at the end, you haven't actually died to yourself. Yeah, exactly. You have to give everything. The, yeah. It's it's so insane. Cause it's never, it's never, it's always the third way. It's always this like weird, dumb way that like nobody wants to go down. That's the correct way. Yeah. And uh, it's so obvious. I hate talking about this because it, like, it feels so obvious when I say it out loud. But all this stuff about 
policy and about, you know, orthodoxy and this, that, the other thing. Um, at the end of the day, this kid got what was coming to him. Teacher was wrong. Kid was probably right. But like the kid's not even right at the end. Like, you know, like we, we should defend the kid, but we should also pull him aside and be like, hey, you realize that like politics won't save you? You know, do you realize that like just because you are five feet tall right now that you're not Ben Shapiro, <laughs> you know, like there's <laughs> even though you're the same height, even though you're the same height as Ben, you can't do it just because you have a giant, huge it. backpack on your back doesn't mean that you're Steven Crowder or whatever. Um, so anyway, I don't know if I have many other thoughts other than that, but there's a book that I really want to read that I think some people think is problematic, but I'm really excited to get my hands on it one day. It's, it's like an actual protocol. Um, it's, it's not that one. It's called the managerial revolution by James Burnham. And, uh, he just writes about, he just writes about how basically like the, the crisis of capitalism is that so many people become managers. And, uh, like if you're just managing capital and not creating capital or like, like using, utilizing your labor, then, that that's a sign of decline essentially um and so i don't know i haven't read the book i've just i just have it saved and i'm excited to read it one day um but it's like expensive you can't get it yeah. for for very cheap so i feel that like it's yeah it's one day it's, oh no never, never mind i can get it for 13.49 on uh on amazon look at that i was looking on the wrong websites i'm gonna buy it right now nice yes anyway um I don't have much else to say on that. I don't have anything to say either. It's a good topic. Um, tell people where they can support us. Hey, if you thought this episode was worth a cup of coffee, you can buy us a cup of coffee by giving us $10 a month on Patreon. That's about a cup of coffee per episode. And as a thank you, we will give you uh, about 40 bonus episodes not available anywhere else, including our... Uh, 10 8 episode 8 part episode uh, virtual pilgrimage to the holy land yes. which is almost done releasing so yes. you should join now and catch the last, the last one live boom uh, I'm really excited I love you guys it was a good podcast um, Patrick I'm excited to talk to you again tomorrow morning I'm excited to go to sleep it's been a long day I'm excited for the yeah, lab- for Labor Day weekend I'm going to take a nap maybe um I'm, I'm going to a barbecue. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, we need a break. We've been going, we've been doing a lot. So we got to reset, recalibrate, recalcify, re, uh, recombobulate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, def- I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to take a break. Oh, Patrick, you're I'm not going to keep, keep working. You're not going to keep working. You can't keep working over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Patrick, mm-hmm. you're lying to me. I'm not going to do it. You're mm-hmm. lying. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel the need to constantly mm-hmm. work? <laughs> <laughs> it's Babylon. I don't know. It just—it's just. I don't know. It's Promise just, me that you'll have it's, a it's nice a block of four hours where you won't work. That sounds nice. Yeah. Promise Do me. I have to be awake. Yes. Thank. Yes. Spend four hours with your family, coward. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go to the barbecue. I do okay. spend time with my family. I know you do. I know you do. But they sleep. And yeah. I and I eat. I get. I eat. I earn bread and I eat it. Ooh. Um, anyway, we're going to see you guys on Wednesday. Thanks for uh, coming to the podcast. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Thanks, guys. <laughs> Tune in next week when I go back to my old middle school wearing a backpack with a Gatson flag on. Bye.
Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. And we will be praying for you and we'll see you next week.